This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Weekly Podcast for the week of June 11th. At this point, I'm not sure people really want Raptors content, but we're here to deliver it. Um, joining on the podcast, Zarar. Hey man, uh, I think I'm finally realizing what that uh, pick is best for, that draft pick. It's mm. about talking about it during June, because without that, I know there really is uh, it's just a dry heave of Raptors talk. Yeah, they're bringing in like some no name, like complete no names. The only one that had some cachet was Costas mm-hmm. Denakumbo. Mm-hmm. Only for the last name, he averaged like six points at Dayton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, other than that, it's yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it's, it's a nine oh five audition. From from a, from a basketball coverage perspective, June is all about the draft, and mm-hmm. with no pick, uh, you really have to manufacture shit to talk about. But luckily for us, we have Brian Colangelo. Yeah, you don't want to talk about that, Brian Colangelo. Um, do you do you think Brian Colangelo is ever reading Raptors Republic, or in the forums? Because there are reports out there now, very public, that he was in real gym for sure. I'm pretty sure his wife does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but I like how the wife took the fall for it completely. And uh, I thought that was a bit of a bit of a coward move, I think, because I just don't believe that he knew nothing about those Twitter accounts. Yeah, because look, when they brought the, when when the ringer said we have these two accounts. We think they're yours, and then they're like, "Oh, we'll look into it." And then immediately, the other three went private. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and um, it's it's. it's I, I don't know if he thinks. I, I guess the long term view there is like, let me just have the misses take the fall, mm. and maybe people will, you know, over time will forget that I did this, and we'll just let it go because of this. But I don't think that's gonna that's gonna happen. Um, yeah, it, it, it's weird, man. It's a really weird thing to do because. Because who gives a shit about what's being said on the internet by some random people? About your caller. And and even if you respond to them and argue with them and say you even, quote-unquote, win the argument, Mm -hmm. how does that affect anything in the larger scheme of things? So so either he's dumb enough not to figure that out or his wife's dumb enough not to figure it out. But collectively, they both Mm -hmm. have to know what's going on because... When you're in a marriage, I mean, you know what's going on. Like yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't hide that stuff. Like he, he can't play dumb and say that he didn't know about it and his wife was operating as well. No, it's uh, that's bullshit. Do you think it was fair for um, the Sixers to fire him? I think so. Yeah, I mean, you can't. It's kind of it's a weird situation though, right? If the investigation doesn't conclusively say that it was Colangelo himself operating the accounts, then and and if and if if they can't say that, you know. If he can basically go behind the thing of, look, it was my wife saying this, I had no idea, and they have no proof otherwise, it's still a little bit hard to fire him. Yeah, but he, he I don't think he got fired for creating fake Twitter accounts mm-hmm. or, or burner accounts or burner ravens as Game of, oh uh, did you see that one? That was, uh, that we was got great. roasted on that. Um, I think he got fired for leaking sensitive information even to his wife because... Regardless of who you leak information to, it's just mm. not it's just not cool. But and I mean, fact, it's like yeah. you go home, you talk to your wife about your job. Like, yeah, yeah, but it, 
No, 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 no. Hang on for a second. <laughs> okay, okay. You got to draw the line there. I mean, okay. you start to your wife. Your wife's going to talk to like her friends. No, it doesn't, doesn't work that That's way. True. You're the source, and you got to protect that shit. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, Colangelo, he leaves behind a really weird legacy, like because he's not going to work in the NBA again. No, I don't think so. No one's ever going to... He's going to do a China tour. Yeah, no, he's actually got to go manage, like, the Shandong, like, yeah. Tigers or some shit like that. But, like, um, yeah, I mean, he leaves behind a complicated legacy. Like, he, the Suns teams, I feel like his stock was still pretty high. It was, like, this, like, you know, genius, son of a genius mm. manager. You know, he's going to do great things. He doesn't win a championship, but it's a very respectable team. Comes to Toronto. Great situation. Number one pick. Fucks mm-hmm. that up. Chris Bosh was here already. He fucks that up. Mm-hmm. Signs Hito Turkoglu. And then he eventually gets canned. And then he goes to Philadelphia, which is like the mint. Like, you can't get a better situation than Philadelphia. You got two number one picks. Uh, another number one pick coming, right? Which they used on Markel Fultz. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you look at it, he just... It's a, it's an awful legacy. He, it, it just looks bad. Yeah. It just looks bad. For someone with two executive of the year... Awards, Two. yeah, it's 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 you know it's vanity, banner jealousy. I don't know what it is. You can't explain it. It's just it just happens. But but it's interesting to see the the effect of the delay in uh, you know Colangelo and Toronto because you know we've talked about it before how a lot of the success we're having today, and I'm sure Brian you know feels this way as well. That's is, what he that, tweeted. Was, yeah, is, is that is, is Masai is living off his coattails? I don't think it's it's that simple because mm-hmm. uh, Masai's done all the good stuff here. Uh, but uh, you know he, he's got he's got to be feeling that you know he kind of built this team with DeRozan and Lowry and he's not getting enough credit. But you know what he was in the exact same situation now in Philly where he was riding the coattails of Hinky. Yeah. And he would have if he was able to sign LeBron maybe he win a championship in the next couple of years. And now all that's gone because you know he's got twitchy fingers. Yep. Uh, what else is happening? NBA Finals? Did you watch the Finals? Did you yeah, watch yeah, I watched, liked it? watched, watched all. No, it was boring as hell. It, it was boring as, as it reminded me of the Raptors Cavs series. To be honest with you, where game one, yeah. a, a game one loss because of uh, you know, in this case, I don't know if I'm gonna blame it on J.R. Smith, but a, a close game one loss on the road, mm-hmm. um, or a close game one loss, I should say, affected the underdog, you know, big time. Yeah, and uh, when LeBron, you know, at the end of Game Four goes. Uh, you know that loss. You know he kicked the you know kicked the whiteboard or whatever. It, it affected us negatively. Do you believe that by way. the way? Huh? Do you believe he punched the whiteboard? It's I, kind of convenient, right? Like well, after he gets swept, the first story that comes out is, oh wait, hold on, LeBron had a broken hand from punching a whiteboard. I, I thought it was weird. It wasn't weird that he punched the whiteboard. That's I can I can believe that. I just feel weird that he. Uh, it was weird of him to say. By the way, I played the last three games with a broken hand. Yeah, that that's something you don't expect from LeBron after. A, it was almost like looking for an excuse, and you don't really associate that kind of talk with LeBron. So that was a surprising part. Did yes. did he kick over a whiteboard? Maybe, maybe not. Who cares? But the fact that he used it as an excuse for the last three games was was weird. Yeah. Um, does it? Did you did you ever feel like there was a chance? Like, how did it make you feel as a Raptors fan? Like, did you like did you ever feel like during the middle of the year that we were going to beat Cleveland and go to the finals? And if so, um, you know, does seeing what Golden State did does that like change your timeline for anything that? No, I, I think even when Cleveland was struggling throughout the regular season, anybody who's followed LeBron over the years, I think, understands that it's the regular season. Yeah. And he has always stepped it up in the playoffs and mm-hmm. taken it to a whole new level and blah, 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 and, and always delivered. So even when the Raptors were, you know, just destroying teams and Cleveland was like, you know, whatever, at 500, at that point, did anybody ever think, oh, this is the year the Raptors can take the, the Cavs, that they're going to be favored? No, I don't think anybody thought the Raptors would be favored in a series against okay. the Cavs. I feel like this year, I don't know why, but a lot of people really did buy into it. But I think it was a confluence of circumstances. It was like the Cavs like struggled in the first round against the Pacers. Um, they were outscored in that series. The Pacers outscored them by 40 points. Uh, and then, you know, the Raptors, I guess, did well in, against Washington, kind of. Ish? Huh? No, no, they didn't. First, okay, two, we had like one or two bad games. Okay, first of all, games. the outscored in a series stat is meaningless. Okay, fair. it's such a, it's such a stupid stat to even use, man. Okay. Because one game they lost by like thirty five points, and that skews everything. So mm-hmm. what does that really mean? It was no. a close series, seven games. It was that's a close all, series. That's all I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a close series. Um, 
It wasn't like the six-game series the Raptors played against the the Cavaliers. No, that was a laboring series for the Raptors, right? Sure, yeah. I I don't think anybody coming out of... At the end of the first round, when the the Raps had beaten the Wizards and uh, Cleveland had beaten Indiana, both teams had struggled. Even at that point, I don't think anybody would have favored the Raptors in a series. I think when we did our mm-hmm. RR roundtable, not a single person said... No, 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 I, I said... I, oh, you said, I said... I said Cavs in six, though. I didn't, say, I didn't, okay. I didn't say sweet. Yeah, but, but nobody said... Yeah. Nobody said Raptors, yeah. right? So, I mean, it's it's not it's not surprising that, that, that the Cavs... Well, what, what was more disappointing was after they swept the Raptors when they faced Boston, mm-hmm. and you showed... And, and, and you, you saw how Boston played Cleveland, took them to, you know, seven again... And made life difficult for LeBron again. And sandwiched in between two tough series for LeBron is the Raptors. Yeah. And that goes to show you how ill-prepared mm-hmm. we were to handle LeBron when two yeah. teams, you know, before one team before us and one team after us, did a hundred times better to handle him than the Raptors did. So, like, if you were sad about the KC firing, and I love doing KC and all that. Great man. Yeah. Yeah. That, that should show you some evidence that there's more ways to play LeBron than just single coverage and poor double teaming, and you can actually get some results out of it. So, yeah. Dwayne Casey, by the way, I'm, I'm not sad in the least that no, he has to go. Yeah. No, it was time. It was For time. sure. He's, he's like sucked in three the last four years. Mm. <laughs> he's, he's like the NBA version of Wenger. Oh, come on. Yeah. Who'd you guys hire? Emery? Unai Emery. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Mm. What's on? What else? Is I mean, going on? I don't know, man. He just got shit on a PSG. Who knows? He could be a good coach. Okay, uh, LeBron in the final, so he gets swept. All right, he's he's gonna he's not coming back to Cleveland. I, I don't. Uh, would you come back to Cleveland? Who the hell am I? But, uh, okay, right, if, fair, if, but... Uh, if I had my options, um, what kind of personality is LeBron? Like he's already mm-hmm. done the I'm gonna go make a super team and win with a super team. I think he's yeah. already checked that off his list. Mm-hmm. He's checked off the, I'm going to come back home and win one for the home city. Yeah. He's got that off his list. Yeah. Uh, wh- what's next for him? Like wh- when, when you look at him, mm-hmm. I, th- I think he still is not somebody who would like to cruise to a challenge. No. Right? So I don't think he's going to go to like a super team like Houston, Houston yeah, or anything yeah. like that. I think he might take on the challenge of Philly. Uh, maybe, maybe even the Lakers. Yeah, I like the Lakers for him because like... Look, at some point in your life, you got to start thinking about the next career, right? Like, athletes only last so long. Like, Kobe was thinking about the next career for a long time. Um, and LeBron kind of needs to transition to that. Like, you know, yes, he's done everything he needs to do in basketball enough. Like, he might want to chase Michael Jordan. He might not. Whatever. Like, he's 33 years old. Like, he has, what, four or five good years left? Chase Michael Jordan in what? I don't know. That's the thing, right? I think that, that ship has passed. If he had beaten Golden State this year, then it's like, all right. It's on. It's yeah. really just LeBron versus Jordan. But he didn't. He got swept. So yeah. it's like, all right, cool. I like, just got to do a new thing. And Hollywood seems like a new place to, for him to go. I, I, I think know? the Lakers are a... So he hasn't played like, for the one of the big cities. Like Miami, uh, I get it. it yeah. it's, it's, it's Miami. Come on. Yeah. It's an expansion team at the end of the day. Right? So I think he, he hasn't played for the Bulls, the Knicks, mm-hmm. or the Lakers. The top three marquee teams. I think that's something that yeah. is still unchecked on his list. So I could see him doing that. Yeah. Um, hopefully, it, hopefully he gets the hell out of the East, man. I was just gonna say, if LeBron leaves the Eastern Conference, yeah. do does that change the priorities for the Raptors? I, I don't think it influences the Raptors because you can't plan around that. I think when heading into next season, you have your clear favorites in the East again. It's not the Raptors, even if who is it? Is it Boston? I, I, I would imagine so. God damn, I, I, I think so. I mean, as, as much as it pains me to say that, yeah, you, you, I mean. I don't think a single person would pick the Raptors ahead of Boston, given what they've seen in this postseason. Boston looked really good in the playoffs. Yeah, let's like, not talk about Boston. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> Fuck Boston. Um, what if LeBron joins us? A it's report. not going to happen. No, no, no. no. Listen no. to this story. I refuse to even discuss this. A report from okay. ESPN's Chris Haynes. ESPN's dead, buddy. Oh, come on. Yeah. All right. Um, ESPN's Chris Haynes. All right. Um, he... Is a Warriors reporter, uh-huh. um, but he has traditionally been very good at reporting things within the clutch sports realm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that's the credibility right there, the clutch sports angle. And he said on a podcast, 
that the Raptors could be a dark horse candidate for LeBron this summer. Zarrar, are you excited about this? Is there like even zero percent? Is there like a one percent of you that is no. somewhat intrigued? No, it's not happening. No, why, why, why the hell would that happen? What? Of all the things to happen, mm-hmm. why would he come to the Raptors? It's uh, look, you, you know, to feel, because he feels sorry for us. He hates Trump and he wants to leave. You know, no, that's terrible. That's a terrible. It's, it's just we also have no cap room, like none. We can't even afford Fred VanVleet, but we're gonna buy. We would have to pay a minimum wage. Um, no. Which is not bad here in Ontario. It's it, it's going up to fifteen. Uh, Tim Morton's going to cut more staff. Poor Tim Morton. I don't. Um, I mean, of course, it would be amazing if that happens, but it's just it's just not going to happen. It, it, it's one of those tweets or podcast comments that that you say just to get some clicks, man. That's all it is. Yeah, that's all it is. That's how the game goes. Yeah, yeah. I'm so sure. No I'm, I'm, I'm sure once you click on that article, it's an auto playing video there somewhere. Mm. Which, by the way, ESPN, man. What is up with the auto-playing video? Buddy, that's how you get get up engagements, right? You gotta send that report. Yo, to that's how you get people to close the browser. Yeah, but again, it counts as a stat, and so then they could present that to some sort of ad, you know, pitch meeting the next time, the next sales meeting they do, and be like, hey, we got this yeah. many impressions, right? Whoever says like video is the future. It's awful. I don't get it. I, I don't see why video is the future in, in online things. Like it, it's difficult to produce. Uh, it takes forever. Yeah. It's expensive, um, and it lasts like thirty seconds. And it's the chances of it going like viral or making you a lot of money is just not that high. I, th- I think mm. content is still is still text and images and shit like that. That's and right. Not freaking video. Advertise with us. Raptors Robot. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, we have Brian Goldfinger. We, we love are, Brian. Shout out Brian. Um, all right. Well, we're quickly running out of. Out of uh, <laughs> topics <laughs> topics man there's not that much happening uh, okay fine coaching search coaching search why have the Raptors still not hired a coach is it because we're keeping that spot open for LeBron when he comes here that he could pick whoever he wants mm-hmm. interesting theory yeah I think they had their now Now it's kind of clear that they had their eggs in the Mike Bud bucket ah uh, and you think so and now that that bucket has sailed away <laughs> mm. they don't have plan B and Plan B is just a bunch of options that I think I don't think they're like too excited about. Mm. I'm surprised that they did not retain Stackhouse. Uh, so, he, right. so so he got an assistant coach gig at uh, Memphis, right? Which is a good spot because Memphis is probably going to fire the head coach eventually, right? And I can see why the Raptors wouldn't offer Stackhouse an assistant coach position because usually the head coach does that hiring, and mm-hmm. since they don't have a head coach. They can't really, you know, offer him that job. Um, would you Would you have wanted Stackhouse as head coach? I don't know. What What do we know about Stackhouse other than that he's a tough motherfucker? Uh, we know that he has zero NBA coaching experience, and he's going to be dealing with two stars, quote unquote. Yeah, that's in quotes now. Yeah, it's it's always been in <laughs> it's quotes, always but been it's quotes. especially now. Yeah. Especially now. God damn. He's, he's got two stars, which are sometimes ball-hungry, and he's got to manage those. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it looks like DeRozan and Lowry are fairly easy personalities to manage. I don't know, at least DeRozan seems to be, and Lowry's had some history. I don't know how comfortable the Raptors would feel with Jerry doing that. I, I just don't know. Um I think that that's that's like a strike against him as a head coach of the Raptors. But that's that should be like an asset, right? Right? Like because wouldn't it be nice to have like a um, someone who's going to hold everybody accountable in the same way? And it, you know, as much as Larry and Demar have been the best players for this franchise in the last five years, um, you know, they haven't necessarily been asked to do the same things like play defense. A couple of those seasons hasn't have been asked to pass the ball. Right and, and and how does Stackhouse address all that? I don't know. He yells at them, <laughs> flames them in a in a press conference. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. I, I think um, I think Stackhouse would be a risky move. Like I'm kind of sad to see him leave the franchise because he did mm-hmm. some pretty good work at 905, and it looked like he was grooming to be at least an assistant coach next right, year. Right. And now that we've been, it's almost like the, the time we invested in him over the last two years mm-hmm. has just gone to waste. Sure. Like it's, yeah. it's an employee you've been grooming who just right. left the company and you got nothing for him. Why can't we get like a second round pick for him? Sure. We got a second round pick for Jeff Waltman. Come on. Well, leaving that aside. Okay. 
I think the next thing to for the rappers to do is uh, is, is is like I mean they're interviewing like Messina. They're interested yeah. in him. They're interested yeah. in, in, in the in the Lithuanian coach. Sarunas, um, which is surprising, is that just to cater to Jonas? Yo- Jonas? I'm, I'm How could sure. you cater to Jonas? He's not that important. They got to cater to Jonas. So, and then the next thing becomes okay. Let's look at the San Antonio assistant coaches and try to yeah. coach one of them. Yudoka. Yeah, I think that's probably where they're going to go next. Is mm-hmm. like just scour the best teams' assistant coaches. Okay, so uh, the Raptors. What about the internal guys? Nick Nurse and Rex Kalamian, any of that excite you as a Raptors fan, huh? Dude, Nick when, Nurse when I, with the big glasses, the thick, thick rim glasses. You know, that, that that's so sad. It's so sad to look at Nick Nurse as the oh. answer. Nick Nurse, who has who has been under KC's. So if you hire Nick Nurse, mm-hmm. what does that tell you about the, the last couple of years? That tells you that Nick Nurse had all these great ideas, mm-hmm. and he would have done things differently, but KC kind of overruled him, right. and he was kind of holding Nick Nurse back. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's what that's yeah. what that tells me in in, in a weird sort of way, mm-hmm. and I don't believe that. No, I no. I don't believe that for a goddamn second. That Dwayne Casey, like Nick Nurse, came to Dwayne Casey, goes, Dwayne, we should be doing X, Y, and Z, and Dwayne's like, Nah, man, we're gonna do that. Because <laughs> yeah. I think Dwayne Casey, more than anything, will be like, you know what? That's a pretty good idea because I didn't have any ideas. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I I don't buy the Nick Nurse thing. Rex Kalamian, I, I don't. What know, do man. we even know about Rex Kalamian? He does he does uh, mid quarter interviews. Yeah, yeah, he's a, a toned down. Is uh, Nick Tom Sterner? Yeah, go, go, go with like a go go unorthodox man. I'm, go with um. That's why it's Harunas Yasakevicic of Zalgris. Well, you're gonna have to get a translator for the guy first. No, no, he speaks fluent English. Oh, does he? Yeah, he he went to high school here and and, and played college ball. And... and that's the one thing because I was I was looking at the Unai Emery um, hiring by Arsenal and mm-hmm. uh, the guy has difficulty speaking English. Like he right. he, he gets his point across, but uh-huh. it's it's tough. And the locker room is full of like Spanish people, French, uh, yeah. you know, Spanish. Obviously, you can get you know yeah, English-speaking yeah. people. Where, where's, where's, what's his What's his background? He's a Basque, so he's Spanish. Yeah, okay. Huh. And I'm like wondering, like, has there ever been an NBA locker room which with that kind of mm. uh, language dynamic where you the head coach has to go through like a third party to communicate anything? I don't think so. Right? I mean, no. I, like, like that wouldn't fly in the NBA. No, you really, it really wouldn't. It really, it would, that's some shit that would happen like overseas that wouldn't happen in America. America's very much like you, you, you either fit in or you don't. Like, so you speak American, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What's Unai Emery gonna do for you guys? Uh, I don't know. I think uh, apparently he's into like videotapes and shit. Uh, so he's uh, he's uh, that's what that's what was holding Arsenal back. Was uh, it it might have been, man. Okay. It might have been right. because uh, you know Wenger didn't, wasn't too. Wenger was all about, like, let's express ourselves on the pitch. Well, this guy's more like, well, let me just study, like, eight hours of game tape for okay. every single player, and I'm, I'm going to make a customized video for you. Yeah. Mm. Cooper Smither would love him. Sure. Yeah. Shout out Cooper Smither. Yeah. Um, okay. So, let, how about this? Let's rank them, okay? The five guys, the five candidates are still left. Sarunas, Yudoka, mm-hmm. Messina, Nick Nurse, Rex Kalamian. Which guy... Let's go from... The guy you least want to the guy you most want out of this group. Here, okay. Here's the where's, list. Where's the list? There's the list. The where's two the, lines. Where's there. the list? I can't see it. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Where's yeah. It? Okay, it's not. It's like, Who do you want least? Uh, least. Okay, so I'll already write off Kalamian and Nurse because they're part of the old regime. Nick Nurse revolutionized the Raptors' offense this season. Okay, they're part of the old regime. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. Okay. So they're four and five. They're, they're four and five. Doesn't yeah. matter who's four. Doesn't matter who's five. I'm sure they're good. I'm, I'm sure, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, sure they're smart freaking people, man. I'm, like, yeah, I'm just sure. saying, who do I want at this point, right? Yeah. Um, and, and how often does that happen that you... I, I guess it does happen fairly But frequently. you know what, though? If you're going to fire the head coach and then go to the next guy right there, you yeah. don't wait like three and a half weeks to do it. Yeah. Because that's awkward at this point. Like, yeah, you know what, Nick? We, we did want you all along, Nick. Come on. We just wanted to take a free trip to Lithuania. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, no. So that's four and five. Okay. Uh, and then you have Messina, who was exciting maybe, I don't know. Five years ago. Yeah. Five yeah, yeah. years ago, he was intriguing. Yeah. And at that time, mm-hmm. he was thought of as this like bit of a guru yeah. of uh, of something. And everybody's like, yeah, foreign sure. guy, you know. Yeah. Every, every European head coach yeah. gets this like mysticism about him. Like, yeah. oh man, he must know some crazy <laughs> shit. In Europe, they're fucking playing with five, six players. Like, yeah. I don't know. 
so so I, I'd rank him as third on this list. So we're five four, and now this is third. Okay. And then between uh, the, the Lithuanian guy and uh, Udoka, um, I man, th- this is a tough one because at least the Lithuanian guy has mm-hmm. head coaching experience. Head coaching experience. Yeah. But I just don't think he has managed personalities. Yeah, it's very different in Europe, right? And in yeah. Europe, it's like the cult of the manager, even in even in basketball. And yeah. here, it's just the total opposite. But Udoka, on the other end, mm. I don't think he's managed... I think he's had Pop manage the personalities for him. Yeah. Because I think in, in San Antonio, the head coaching position has, has had so much respect. Mm-hmm. He commands so much respect that people will generally try to at least stay in line. Or, or there's, there's, a, there's, there's something perpetuating from Pop that has always... Kind of mm-hmm. organize people on their own. I'm not yeah. saying Pop's not doing that. I'm just saying that that it, it it's made Udoka's job easier. But between the two, like if I had to pick one, I'd still go with Udoka. Okay. Just because you have, uh, it's not just the San Antonio pedigree. I think that mm-hmm. that has a lot to do with it. But I think he's got NBA experience. I think he'll know how to manage the players better sure. than with the Lithuanian. Even though the Lithuanian guy might be better at X's and O's overall. Apparently, he's the Brad Stevens of Europe. Although I was watching some of his plays, and oddly enough, they look a lot like the Raptors' plays. Turns out basketball is mostly screen and roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it just depends how many guys you got on the wing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's more or less that. Well, okay, so, yeah, I, I'm agreeing with you. Like, it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's hard to tell with the head coach, man. Just whoever, like, the, the organization feels comfortable with, go with that person. I think this person, the next head coach is probably going to take more direct instruction from the front office than Dwayne Casey did just because it's you know a new voice and whatever and there's um uh, new mandates and this and that but i mean ultimately i think what we're you know talking around is the fact that the raptors have some shortcomings on the roster uh and that leads us to the question of what do the raptors do this summer because there's um i don't know it's it's not a bad team at, at all like it's it's clearly a very successful regular season team. They're going to be disappointing in the playoffs. I think at this point we've come to accept that, or at least if we haven't, we should come to accept that. Um, so, like, how do they move that? Like, what should their priorities be? Should they try to rebuild? Should they try to retool? Should they try to, I don't know, be better in the playoffs? Like, what's the goal here? What's the what's what's the mandate this summer? This is your earlier question on uh, you know what happens if LeBron gets out of the East. Mm-hmm. If, if LeBron gets out of the East, then coming back this year with the maybe even the exact same team mm-hmm. isn't a horrible idea. Okay, because you're competing against Boston mm-hmm. for number one, two, and maybe. Philly. Yeah, for sure, and yeah. Philly. But at least it's it's more of an even playing field where you're not. It's it's not just a foregone conclusion. Okay, um, and I'm not, I'm not saying they should do that, but I'm saying if they if they just continue with status quo and just come back and just add a guy here, add a guy there, um, that 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 would make next seasons like the entry into next season a little more exciting. Just okay, because yeah. the playing. But if sure. LeBron stays in the East no, and you it. come back with this exact same team, I just don't know what you're saying. Like, I, I, like what do you? Are you saying that now that we have a new coach, mm-hmm. the same talent pool will trump LeBron and, and Boston? I just don't think that's possible. Mm-hmm. So what they should do, assuming LeBron's in the East and, and they want to they have like a longer plan, this is where you, you tell me, man. I say cash out on... All of these guys. On these guys. Mm. Cash out on at least mm-hmm. one of the two. See if you can get somebody better than one of the two. There were some rumors like earlier on or what happened to that and Kawi and all that. That got me. Oh, really Kawhi? No, 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 no. He, he was never going to leave. Yeah. He's got like $220 million on the table from San Antonio. Yeah, he's not leaving he's, that. He's not, he's not leaving that. Especially after uh, injury. And uh, other than that, man, like, unless you're able to pull that off, like a, like a trade where you're getting somebody better than Lowry and DeRozan, your hands are kind of tied. Yeah. You, you've invested in Lowry, DeRozan, and Ibaka. Mm. And JB, for that matter. Sure. And this is who you have. And at this point, you your only option is to retool around the edges. Kind of do the trimming and not do any open-heart surgery. But so, that's, so, that's what they've been doing, though. And and that's what all they can do. Mm-hmm. And they've done as good of a job around it as possible. Like, if you look at the young guys, um, pretty much all of them, except for Pirtle, taken with very low picks. And they've developed way beyond 
their draft uh, slot, which is great. That's all you could really ask for from you know from drafting. Uh, I mean, but at the same time, you know, like how many times can we do this over and over again? Um, I, I agree with you. I agree with you there. Like we probably need to probably need to move at least one or two of them. It's just like a matter of asset management, right? And that's always where I felt like uh, Masai's been in a bind because like if the regular season just ended and that was it, I feel like he would have a lot more avenues to trade his players. But then every year is ended with the playoffs and his like you're telling me DeMar DeRozan's stock probably before the playoffs let's say it's like a at like a B plus level of trade stock then the playoffs happen and all of a sudden it's a C but then you know he's actually a B level player you want to trade him at a B level rate but you can never do so after the season and so it's always an asset management perspective because if you just throw everything away because you know you don't want to do it again I don't know what what's necessarily the point in that. Like it's it's a weird lateral and backwards move, whereas they can at least try to move lateral and upwards, which is admittedly not very successful right now. But you know, it, it depends on what we can get, is what I'm trying to say. So like, let me present some ideas to you. All right, Wiggins for Demar, straight up one for one. What, what does that do for us? I don't know. It, it, Wiggins it does, might be better than Lamar eventually. Like, like in a better if scenario. our if, if our goal is to just go into a bit of a rebuilding phase, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, why not? If, like, if that's the objective, do it. Okay, uh, that's a great deal. But if that's if you're making that trade to win the East next year, no, that's not gonna help. No, 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 no. I don't think I don't think they can realistically make any trade to win the East next year. Well, it's, 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 yeah, fair point. Yeah, like they would. What would they have to do? Right? Like, I mean, they would somehow have to convince Kawhi to come here. But if Kawhi's on the market, you figure, like, Boston would, would trump us. They got better picks. Philly would trump us. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't think they could get Kawhi. And then past that, like, I don't I don't think anyone out there really makes a difference, especially if LeBron stays here and retools. Uh, and then and then once we get to the finals, like, what are we really talking about? We're not going to beat Golden State. Yeah, but I think I think getting to the finals is, is, is a pretty big con- Like I think if okay. the Raps had gotten to the... Finals this year, it would have been a huge, huge freaking sure. deal. Yeah. I mean, you don't need to come on. We're, we're, we're the freaking Raptors, man. We need to win the title here. But getting to the e, getting to the to the to the finals would have been just a massive, massive accomplishment. I think. Okay. And um, yeah, it didn't happen. And, I, and, and again, I, my earlier point about does LeBron stay in the East and does that influence the Raptors' decision making? I think it's a moot point because the Raptors. Raptors are constrained by the assets they have and their market value and how much mm-hmm. maneuvering they can do. Right. And I, I think the the only freedom they have of easily executing is like if they want to do a rebuild. In that right. case, they can sell their assets at ninety cents on the dollar and get some decent things back, and you can you can kind of build around that. Sure. Um, other than that, of move, but but moving upwards in the in the, in the talent, mm. like going up in the standings and trying to win the East. The options are very limited, and, and the best thing they can hope for is get a coach who gets more out of the players. Right. Um, right. I feel uh, Ibaka was just immensely disappointing <laughs> in the in, in the postseason. I like. I, I don't think I have ever like it. It was Barniani levels of disappointment. You know, I think he might have been worse than Barniani like, in some of those plays. The the one game where he couldn't dribble the ball at yeah. all, like he just kept. He 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 was so bad that if 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 you have to trade him for seventy five cents on the dollar, yeah, yeah, you freaking do it. Would you trade him for Ryan Anderson? Ryan Anderson has the same contract as him minus one year. Sure. Yeah. What's he shooting from three right now? 30, 30, 38? He's a good shooter. Yeah, he's a yeah. good shooter. Decent rebounder. Um, but, but the one thing Iwaka has is shot blocking, which which really helps us out in the yeah. regular season. In the, in the playoffs, it was it was nothing. But we can't afford to have our third best guy choke that bad in the playoffs. Yeah, like you, you especially when the number one and two are also going to choke yeah. a little bit. Yeah, so it's uh, he, he he was by far way more than anybody else the most disappointing guy for me mm. in in the postseason. Mm. Um, do you see a contender that could use someone like Lowry? I feel like Lowry is a piece that if it, if honestly if Lowry was not making thirty mil, if he was making fifteen and it was way easier to trade him, mm-hmm. a lot of teams would want to add Kyle Lowry. What's happening with Chris Paul? I don't know. I think he's going to see what LeBron's saying. If LeBron's saying like, "Yo, let's go to LA," David Stern's not here to Knicks to trade this time. You can finally go to LA. If, if Chris Paul is out in Houston and he's yeah. going to LA to form Super Team Number Three or whatever, yeah, trade Lowry uh, to Houston. 
I think there, there there was some interest last time Lowry was a free agent yeah. uh, by Houston. I think that could be a destination for him. I think there's some okay. love there. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think Lowry is still... He, I think he has high trade value. He I, should. I, he, he should have decent yeah. trade value. And I, I don't think moving either of DeMar and Lowry is a problem. I think they can find buyers for them fairly easily. Yeah. It's just like you have to acknowledge that what you, what's going to come back is going to be either equal or worse and probably worse. Yeah. Um, what about JV? Dude, J, J, I, again, JV had the most heart in the playoffs. JV again, again. I'm not. People accuse me of being like a JV lover or whatever, a fanboy. Yeah, but yeah. man, I don't know why you would want to trade him. Like, I don't get what the guy does wrong. Like, he goes in there, he gets you a double double. Mm-hmm. He's efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he doesn't hog the ball. He's improving a little every year. He's got a decent jumper. And I even hit some threes this year. Yeah, that was crazy. And and he's giving you consistent production basically every time you put him in. Mm-hmm. What are you going to trade him for? Yeah, exactly. Especially since like what they're going to get back for JV is inevitably worse than JV because everyone has an idea of how they want to play modern basketball, and it never includes JV. But like that also ignores that like like JV is very effective in his role. I think this year especially he was very very good in his role. Uh, and I don't know. It's just if a team really sees the value in that and sees recognizes it properly maybe they give you something back in return but but I mean the, the thing with JV is just like look he um, is he going to be the center of the future? Uh, maybe why Why not? I'm just saying what, like, what, what do you mean center of the future? like it seems like this like this 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 oracle of, of a center <laughs> that is going to rule Toronto uh-huh. no the center in Toronto will always be a utility position yeah. and we need somebody to be above average at that position and JV is that yeah. I mean I don't know I don't see, he's not a problem I don't, I don't really see JV as a problem anymore even his defense has really improved a lot right like he's not going to be perfect JV's like, not the reason we're getting swept in the no, playoffs not man. at all not at all um it's just like, look, JV has one year left on his contract before mm-hmm. he can, you know, have a. There's a player option at the end of it. He might take it. He might not take it. Mm-hmm. Who knows? They've tried to move him before. Mm-hmm. Would you? So you're not moving JV this summer? I mean, depends what's coming back. But I'm not. I'm not. I, I think when you look at positions to upgrade, mm-hmm. the center position is not one which is a glaring weakness. True. Yeah, especially since we got Pertle there as well. Yeah, I. I, I th- those, Pertle was awful in the playoffs. He's also, you know. A very young guy. That's true. You know, so I, I don't think that's uh, that's uh, you can hold that against him. What about I mean, Bebe? You bring back Bebe? <laughs> uh, Be- I don't think Bebe feels he should be in the NBA. Yeah, Bebe um, just wants to drink coconut water and, and, and relax. And, you on know, the beach. My, my, I told you my last podcast I was on. My dad's a big fan of uh, mm-hmm. Bebe Nicaragua. Yeah, uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> and uh, he really felt that Bebe being in the not being in the. In the in game three and four, really hurt the Raptors against Cleveland. Could have changed everything, man. Yeah, game changer. Although he he did come in for like two minutes in game four and was like a minus ten. Yeah, but I think the game was over at that point. It was yeah, the whole series was over. Yeah. All right, I'm telling you that series was over at the end of regulation in game one. Yeah. At the end, not even at the end of OT. It mm-hmm. was at the end of regulation. It was like you could just feel like I you know when JV fell to the floor. Oh yeah, yeah. holding his and hands. And like, like the, the reaction there, mm-hmm. people knew that you know what we just lost the game. Like, yeah. We could have been one up mm-hmm. on Cleveland. Mm-hmm. You know, momentum, maybe mm-hmm. go up two nothing in game two, mm-hmm. and now we just messed it all up yeah. in the closing seconds. And there's absolutely no way in in a five minute period we're going to beat a motivated LeBron with with a scoreline zero zero. It's not going to happen. Yeah. All right. Well, look, we have actually somehow filled half an hour of podcasts mm-hmm. in the first half. Mercifully, we'll go to the, the Twitter questions. Twitter questions. But uh, first, we'll take a quick break. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers, and you know what makes me mad? When insurance companies deny your claim for no good reason. That's why people call me. I'm the lawyer insurance companies don't want to deal with. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Welcome back to the second half of the podcast. Still here with Zarar. Uh, we are taking your Twitter questions. Uh, we have many Twitter questions, which is a surprise, really. People really, really... There are some diehard Raptors fans. That's the best thing to say about Raptors fans. Uh, first one from Ryan B. Should we get Tyler Hansborough as a LeBron stalker? Do you miss Tyler Hansborough? What's Tyler Hansborough doing? Uh, Tyler Hansborough... I don't know. What, you tell me what he's doing. Is he in the league? No. 
No, no, no. He's uh, he's probably at. Uh, an, I'm gonna guess. Let's say he yeah, is what, a which assistant is coach. Oh, uh, uh, okay. In uh, Eastern Europe. Uh, no, he is uh, playing for the Guangzhou uh, Long Lions. Oh, in China? Yeah. Okay. He's 32. Is every old. team in China a lion or a dragon? I, that's that's generally what we associate with strength. Uh, so <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> Oh man, um, what's he? Do? I want to see his numbers. You know, you know, I don't have uh, it, Wikipedia doesn't have his Chinese association numbers. Tyler Hansborough guarding Paul Pierce has is edged in my memory like nothing else, man. Yeah. Uh, game two. Remember when Dwayne Casey said we had a surprise option or whatever, yeah. it was, and then it was <laughs> fucking Tyler Hansborough. Uh, we all thought it was James Johnson too. We we're like, man. Oh yeah, James it's, Johnson. It's like, oh, it's, wait, what? wow, look at this big wing guy right here that can guard Paul Pierce. Nope. Yeah, anyway. All right. Uh, man. Next one. From Kasson with three eyes. Scenario in which the Raptors can pull off LeBron James. Also, LeBron putting together and producing, quote, the Carter effect. Don't forget that he produced this, this one movie, so therefore LeBron has to be coming here to continue the production the post the only scenario I think we touched on this earlier where LeBron comes to the Raptors is he goes he goes and he, you know what I'm going to take a team that is like down on its you know it's down right now it's mm-hmm. not feeling too good and I'm going to go in there oh here it is he wants to win an NBA title with a, with a foreign country ah uh, yes and that's the challenge he has he wants mm-hmm. to make he wants to take the Raptors which is a foreign country Canada mm-hmm. who the hell knows where we are right and take them all the way to the title yes and he's going to be that guy that would be something that would be Jordan didn't do that. No, Jordan did not take the Raptors. You want to you want you want to have one over Jordan? You, yeah. That's what you do. In fact, Jordan lost to the Raptors uh, during that famous seventy-two win season. Yeah, he did. He missed yeah. the game winner too. I think from the uh, right baseline. Mm. Um, yeah, that's the scenario, man. He wants to do something that Jordan really didn't do, and is take a foreign team to the title. That's, that's your answer. There you go. It's not happening, guys. Come on, come on, come on. Don't be suckers. Don't just don't be, look. Look. As much as the Raptors fans took a lot of L's and everything, don't be a sucker. All right. Don't fall for this stuff. Next one from Killer Pascal. Uh, if we don't have, if we don't trade Kyle Demar, what happens in the twenty twenty off season? What happens in the twenty twenty off season? That's so that okay. So this is the thing. Dude, the Raptors, I don't even know what's going to happen like next month. That's true. Yeah. Um. Okay. So the Raptors had that three year plan, right? That three-year window, last summer, when they re-signed Serge and, and and Kyle, they were like, look, we have a three-year window. And I think the first year, they kind of overachieved so much that it was like, this is as good as it's going to get. Let's go and try to run through this window. And then, you know, they couldn't. And so now, it's almost like the three-year window no longer matters. It's Well, to, to, to answer his question, what's going to happen in the 2020 summer yeah. is that we are going to see uh, us entering that season... And being really high on OG, mm-hmm. Pirtle, Siakam, mm-hmm. and whoever we draft next summer, right. that's going to be our core, and we're going to try to build around that, and we're going to enter a period of, you know, not being great, but given that it's the East, we can probably hunt down the last couple of playoff spots. Or that whatever. could be right. That could be us right now. And yeah, we can make twenty twenty right now. We can make yeah. So, so if that's if that's yeah, great point. We could make if that's what we want to do. We could either wait till twenty twenty and let these the contracts expire, or start that process now. Yeah, I I I, I prefer mm-hmm. just not doing that because I enjoy the winning regular seasons, even though they're kind that's of meaningless. True. I still like that, and I think you know on a nightly basis to see the Raptors win yeah. against the Knicks, against the Bucks, against I don't know. Yeah, the it's, Nuggets. It's not it's, bad. It's nice. Uh, no, another one from Killer Pascal. Which Raptors player could have had a key role in these finals? So, I mean, look. Yeah, the in the finals? Yeah, the Cavaliers team sucked ass. Like, they could probably, they probably, they probably could have taken, like, five or six of our players. Yeah. Siakam? Yeah, yeah. easily. Yeah. D- d- look at who they were playing. They were playing Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. yeah. See, I, I, if I had to pick one, it ain't going to be goddamn Ibaka. No. Um, I think they, they already... Yeah, I, I would say a, a, a lengthy defender who could maybe make life a little more difficult for Durant, yeah, or get some rebounds. Uh, OG or, or or Siakam come to mind, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. 
uh, but by the way, the best part about that, uh, you know, post game one um, discussion in the in the finals was uh, when when J.R. Smith goes. You know, somebody asked him, like, you know, are you lucky enough to play with LeBron? Mm-hmm. He also goes, well, you know, I also tell LeBron that he's lucky enough to play with me. <laughs> he's, a, he's a he's a special one, for sure. Uh, Brian asks, uh, what do you say to the other 28 teams or so if you're Adam Silver? NBA lacks parity. The NBA has become a little boring, man. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, the... The... Uh, I think it's already been said by everybody who's talked about the finals is that you saw this one coming miles away. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? You saw the West shaping a certain way. You saw the East shaping a certain way. You saw the NBA Finals shaping a certain way. And it's exactly how people predicted. It's not even a question of parity. It's just... Predictability. It's so predictable, which makes it boring. When something is predictable, it automatically becomes boring, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because you watch basketball because you don't know what's going to happen. And when you know what's going to happen, it's it's, it's not... not So, Adam Silver... um, And and they tried the financial thing, right? They already looked at, uh, you know, having a, you know, softish cap. Uh, I think they've pulled the financial levers they can to, Mm -hmm. to even things up. What they didn't account for is that people are willing to take less money and form super teams, right? And, and like you, you can't you can't fiscally manage that. Um, but like they should have saw that coming though, because like some of these big like the mega mega tier athletes like Kevin Durant, he can say, "Look to the Warriors, like I'll take an eight million dollar pay cut, go resign, go use that money to resign a good dollar or whatever. We'll still have a good team." And then Nike on the back end will just say, we'll just give you $8 million down the line. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, there's always going to be cap circumvention. I feel like the league should know that. I think, um, I, I, I don't know, man. It's a very difficult question. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it, there's, there's, there's no easy answer to this one. They, they could, like, you know, mm. trade restrictions on teams who win. The, like, it's just brainstorming. Trade mm. restrictions on teams who've made it to the... Final four. Right. Like, that'd be crazy. Yeah. But it, it would... It, it would be kind of crazy. It yeah. would be kind of crazy. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Take draft picks away from top seven teams. They've already essentially done that. Like, yeah, the, the 30th the, pick the draft, is useless, yeah. right? Like, so... I don't know. I mean, look. To just play devil's advocate. Were you intrigued when the Celtics were up 3-2 in the no. the conference finals? And when no. the Rockets were up 3-2? No. In the, in no the not at all. I mean, I think I tweeted when... Uh, when the Celtics were up two nothing, I'm like, yeah. LeBron's got this one. There's just yeah. nothing. There's nothing unpredictable about the series. You, you okay. won the first two games. Phil Jackson once said, uh, "A series does not start until one of the team loses a home game," mm. and that that was what that uh, that series was about. Right. Uh, it's it's a difficult question, man. I think I, I'm sure they'll look at the rule book and look at you know financial things, free agent rules, maybe to see how how to make things better, but. Um, they at the end of the day they got to find a way to restrict player movement based on talent um, not finances and that's going to be really difficult to do yeah and it's not quite fair to the players um, next one from from uh, Elvis I show you not this is a real question who's going to be more impressive in their first full season Unai Emery or Raptors new head coach Unai Emery yeah for sure for yeah, sure because guys, I think I think back to top four because there's um, there's more. Uh, he, he brings something the team currently doesn't have at all, which is which is diligence and preparation and uh, you know okay. attention to detail, and that stuff usually pays off dividends fairly quickly. Is he going to be the buying players too, or do you guys have like another board? No, no. I think I think it, it, the power is more spread out now. Okay. Uh, so I think he, that's he, good. He, he he brings something which the team doesn't have. Any new player that comes in, any new head coach that comes into the Raptors, I think it's going to be. More or less the same with sprinkles of difference. Unai Emery is a complete reset right. of, of what was there right now. So just based on that, I think I think he's going to have more of an impact. Mm. Uh, some of these questions are not detailed enough, so I'm going to skip them. All right, next one from So Far John and Early. Uh, what is our realistic floor slash ceiling heading into the next season? With the current team, floor uh, is I think floor is uh, fourth seed. Ceiling is um, okay. 
No, I do think that the floor because we're a great regular season team. I think. Yeah, we really are. We we are. No one takes us seriously. They come in Toronto. It's like they're they're distracted. They're doing the Patrick Patterson. And and, and ceiling, I'd say. I I think that the first spot has been spoken for. I Mm -hmm. think assuming Boston stays healthy, I think it's theirs really. Mm -hmm. Uh, Second, you know, I'd say second is the is the ceiling. Okay. Oh man. Right, and again, see. it's so predictable. Like it's I mean, this is what we're talking about, right? It's, mm. it's predictable that what's going to happen in the East next year because Boston actually has done a fantastic job of managing their assets. And if, if this is what they are with major injuries to two of their players, yeah. it just just goes without saying that they're going to be decent. Uh, Karin Sharma asks, uh, "What are some coaching qualities do you hope from the new coach that differs from Casey?" Uh, I think. Um, my biggest criticism of Casey was always that he used to make his mind up before the game mm-hmm. on how the game was going to be played. Right. But then he never really quite imposed that style. You don't really see a lot of teams adjusting to what the Raptors do. You see a lot of the Raptors adjusting to other teams in the middle of the games. And it doesn't really ever look yeah. good when they do it. So I think if a, if a new coach comes in, I would love to see the Raptors be a more pressing team. I just felt like, mean? like just defensively press more. Okay. Like, I, like I don't think we ever bother teams mm. defensively. Yeah. Like, we're maybe it's. I mean, obviously, it's personnel it has a big, big thing to do with it. But I think we actually do have the personnel in Siakam, OG, mm-hmm. even in Miles to some degree. He's old. He's still even Ibaka should. Yeah. As a center, and when he plays center, he should be more aggressive. We try to use the speed. We, we should be a team that forces turnovers and kind of lives off those for periods of the game. And we've never really been that. Right. Like it's kind of like what Washington did to us in like right. games three and four is what I would like to see the Raptors do to other teams. You can't do that for 48 minutes, obviously, but Mm -hmm. you should have stretches in in games where your defense is generating consistent offense for like four or five minutes, right? That's what the bench was doing well this season, the bench. But like the bench will do that against bench units. That's a different thing. Yeah, I'm talking about as as an overall team, Mm -hmm. not just just like, oh, let's get the energy off the bench. Like I'm saying in the fourth quarter, I would love for our starters to to go in there and, and defend and just... Just kill teams defensively, and we don't. Yeah, we don't really is. do that. We have to like look to the bench to get that energy. Yeah. So if, if a new coach can come in and actually, I, I don't know how much you can change a mentality at the age of DeRozan and Lowry or what have you, but yeah. if they're able, to, if he's able to come in and change our, like change our approach in crunch time, and we're more defensively sound and mm-hmm. not reliant so much on one on one, I think that'd be a good step. But it's it's it's. I almost feel dumb saying this, man, but. After a certain age, you are who you are, and you know it, it goes with basketball, goes with life, goes with whatever you are. Like at some point, you think a certain way, mm-hmm. you know the neurons in your brain fire off a certain way, and you are who you are. So it's going to be extremely difficult for for a new coach to come in and, and tell DeRozan, by the way, dude, you should be pressing guys. You should play at, defense at, ever at, at three quarter court and mm-hmm. forcing turnovers. He's just not going to do it. Um, but maybe that's that's one thing that I would I would love because because there's nothing more enjoyable for me in basketball than watching teams press and force turnovers and like cause havoc. Yeah, that's one of the differences that like Indiana and uh, Boston. I, I hate that we're talking so much about Boston, but like there's a lot of things to take away from there. Yeah, like that's what they did really well in the playoffs, right? Like the the way they put LeBron under pressure. They didn't. Neither team had a player that was like more physically imposing or more talented, anything like that than than LeBron, obviously. But you saw many, many moments in both those series where LeBron was visibly distressed, right? He was annoyed that he had to work that hard, and at some times he was actually beaten um, by those players. The, the Celtics especially had that mentality. Every single player, like, comes in and defends their ass off. Like, every single player. And there's no, like, you could tell also that, like, there's no player on that team, especially after Kyrie got hurt. It's like no player on that team was like, look, we need you in the game for offense, and that's what you're going to do for us. The rest of the stuff doesn't matter. It's all, It was always, it, could you defend? If you could defend, then go out there and then, you know, make some shit happen. Yeah. And the Raptors never really operated with that. It's usually, well, Kyle and DeMar have to be in the game to generate offense. And everyone else, you got to defend and make up for those guys. And that's, that's just, it's just a hard, it's a hard place to work from because you. Yeah, it's like a, it's, it's, it's like a leadership it's, issue. It, it's a Patrick Beverly component. Yeah. That, that the Raptors need. Sure. We can go get Patrick Beverly. He just. For his Achilles or whatever, but you know, I'm sure he get out there one-legged. Uh, hey, does the All NBA second team mean anything? 
No. I mean, it's nice. It's it's nice that DeMar was recognized for his work. He was a very good player this year. But did he deserve it over Steph Curry? No. He, he, he lost out to Steph Curry by one point. Yeah. Uh, by the way, don't you love articles uh, on the web that it was like listicles, like mm. 20 things, 10 things, uh, which are actually on one page instead of 20 pages? That's... Like, like it's it's rare now that you go to a website of a, of a mm-hmm. top 10 thing and you're actually on one page. It's nice. But, but one of those things is like top 10 annoying, top 20 most annoying players in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a list on, I think it's Fox. Oh, God. Oh, hold up. Look at some new reporting here. Uh-oh. From my pro- it's not new necessarily. I probably should have just done this research beforehand. <laughs> Josh Lumberg, all right, is uh-huh. reporting uh, that... Um, Messina was in Toronto for a second interview last week, which we kind of knew about. Belief is that the Raptors have narrowed their head coaching search to two leading candidates, Nick Nurse and Messina. Uh-huh. And they were like, what, three and four on my list earlier on our preference? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nurse was four and uh, Messina was three. Go with Messina. Go with Messina. Yeah. Go with Messina. I mean, what are you going to do with this old guy? Though? This old guy's going to come in and be like, hey, back in Europe, you know, this is how we played. With fucking Jonas uh, Mashulis, all right, and you guys have to come in and embody the same energy as Felipe Reyes, and these guys are like, I don't know who you're talking about, but we're <laughs> we're just gonna keep doing what we're doing. It's hard to change the culture. Well, it's that or Becky Hammond. What do we know about Becky Hammond? She won that summer league title. Yeah, that that that'd be something novel. Got to get a female head coach. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Sure, that that'd be a good 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 experiment. Is she? Good? I mean, like that's the thing though. But we still need someone that like can change the culture. Is that going to change the culture? Demar's going to be like, you know what? I'll play defense for, for sure. It'll change the culture. It'll change the culture. Yeah, why not? I mean, you're getting a like something really unorthodox and a brand new voice who has decent experience. And I don't know oh, why not. So so back to back to Messina. Um... Am I excited about it? Man, sometimes you get excited because of change for the sake of change. Mm-hmm. And my only excitement here would be maybe he comes in and he installs that offense that we're all searching for, which is so productive and teamwork is, you know, it's, it's ball movement heavy, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, he's still working with Demar and Kyle. So I would temper my expectations on how much he can really do with these two. But at this point... Um, Just look at his face. Does his face inspire confidence? Well, he he has that, like, you know, I, I got some tricks up my sleeve look to him. Yeah. Doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. he does. So I, I, I think he would command the respect of players. Mm. I just don't know if he'll be able to manage them properly. Uh, but I, I, honestly, man, apparently he's a hard ass. Like you, a, you and I are talking, and we have no freaking idea on if he's a good coach or a bad coach and how yeah. he fit. The only thing we can say is that he would come in and be a big change over whatever Casey was doing, mm-hmm. and maybe change is what's needed with DeRozan and Lowry. And, and one thing I think we, we always talked about before is that for DeRozan especially, he's only seen one coach in his entire career. Yeah, oh, and Jay Toronto for like one year. Right? So yeah. it's it's been... Jay Toronto doesn't even count. Yeah, it doesn't even count. One, He's one seen coach. one coach. So I'm always interested to see how DeRozan would react to a coach, which is all about X's and O's preparation. It's got like a basketball junkie mindset. Mm-hmm. Right? And I was... Let's see how DeRozan responds to that. Right. That, that. That's what's intriguing about an appointment like Messina... And that's something you don't get with Nurse because Nurse is somebody that DeRozan and Kat Lowry, they already know what he what he's all about. Right. Right? It's, it's going to be more of the same. So yeah. in conclusion, I'm kind of rambling, is that because change is exciting and you want change to be big here, mm-hmm. Messina is, is the better candidate in my opinion. Yeah, I, I really like that Masai has really done everything in his power to prove that it is no other factors other than Colin Namar that the reason the Raptors don't reach the next level, right? They've changed every supporting piece around them. Yeah. They've changed the head coach. They've changed everything. They've changed their offense, the culture, whatever. They can't take Ubers anymore. They can't eat sweets anymore. They can't do anything else. All you got to do is perform in the playoffs, and they and then they don't do it. So yeah, yeah. Um, all right, Zara, this was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was almost an hour. This is 58 minutes. 
Yeah, it's uh, June. Uh, I don't know, June. What is it today? Tenth. June. T- we got a long ways to go, buddy. We got I a know. long ways to go. And we don't even have draft coverage. I, yeah. I wonder what Blake's doing right now. You know, Blake's just furiously refreshing Twitter to, to see if there's any reports out there. Yeah. Yeah. God bless Blake. Listener, thank you for tuning in. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.